previously on the many merchants of Maloon. The caravan reaches day two of their journey, heading from the plains outside Soleil toward their first obstacle, the Great Swamp. Zeke's food stores start to dwindle, Sylvie learns more about their mysterious new companion Marlin, and Jolie and Diane forge a new bond with the quirky botanist Chorley. When the group reaches the wreckage of Marlin's former caravan, Tulip's men callously loot the remains as our heroes dig graves for the merchants killed by Carmong's bandits. After some uneasy travel, the caravan finally arrives at the entrance to the Great Swamp. I'm Eli, I play Jolie the Cleric, and it's good to be here, and not just because they tell me to say that every time. Hi, I'm Joy, I play Zeke the Fighter, and it's good to be here. I'm Jesse, I play Sylvie the Rogue, and it's good to be here of my own free will. Hey everyone, Realmers, it's Jordan, and today I'm taking off my Dungeon Master hats and putting on my Swamp Master hats, because that's where we're going, baby. Let's go. Many realms. What is a Swamp Master hat? Yeah, please describe your hat. What would a Swamp Master wear on uh, their head? It's just, like, gross, like... You know what, actually, like I'm gonna go cute. Suit? I'm gonna go cute. It's just like a lily pad. Aww. Fade in where you guys last left off at the edge of the Great Swamp, where you decided to not go the multiple days journey around and instead take the journey straight through with the caveat that you were going to go slow because you all decided that you wanted to keep all of your various wares and your food, which is an important resource. So that's perhaps well advised. But the cost of that is that now, rather than a singular rush day through the swamp, it will now take you a day and a night and a little, little, maybe a little morning, stop at a Denny's on the way out type of thing. Which means the first thing I'm going to need is for the duration of going through the swamp. Because of all the trees, might get a bit narrow at some parts. So I'll need your swamp caravan order. I feel like it's inappropriate to suggest that anyone besides Roddy goes first. She's made it very clear it's her caravan. Yeah. <laughs> mm, well, you can if you want, though. This is up to you guys. Yeah, and she'll just crush my head with a hammer, which sounds cool. I mean, you know, I mean, if the winds of fate decide. <laughs> okay, instead of going heaviest first, my proposal is to go lightest to heaviest in that order mm-hmm. so that it, like, very slowly pushes the mud down instead of just, like, very suddenly, which is what would make you more likely to get stuck. Are you a mudologist? Yeah. Let's say, yeah, tulip one and tulip two at the back. Okay. Because fuck that guy. We've all kind of decided. Fuck that guy! And then Zeke preceding him, you have the forge. Your wagon is probably the second heaviest, yeah. if not the heaviest. Ben seems like fairly capable, but Chorley's like not a fighter. I feel like I want her in the middle, so she's relatively safe. Do you think that your troop caravan would be heavy because there's three people and a chinchilla? Or Chinchilla don't weigh much. I think we're probably on like mid to light mid on the grounds that we like don't have any like real equipment. No, see, I'm going to number crunch it like playing like an RPG or something where you have like your max 200 weight and your chinchilla is like, you know, 0.5, but that puts you at 200.5. We are encumbered. And now you go from being able to like sprint full speed to not being able to walk. (laughs) That's tough. I'm okay with Sylvie and the troop going near the front. Uh, Sylvie does have dark vision and... um, a book about animals. Yeah, I will say, um, though it's not, 
when you guys go into the swamp, I and mean, you can tell us just from the outside, like it's not like a perpetual night, but these are long, like very sure. tall trees that do block out a lot of the sun. So it kind of just comes through dappling through the branches it's not really like direct sunlight so yeah having dark vision and torches etc would be something that i would consider an asset is jolie's supply of cheese put them on the heavier side uh not the cheese the wine i think because it's like literal barrels glass of bottles and things yeah. yeah let's say next to z fantastic let's talk about who is walking alongside the caravan for my caravan jolie is a human so she's probably navigating the caravan but diane is an elf so she would probably go on foot because she can see uh as mentioned sylvie will be outside maybe fabio too depending on if how we're feeling about it but paz is not really a fighter so he would stay inside the wagon neither of the girls would be outside i don't know if zeke would want to be outside in their stead or if he'd want to stay on the wagon just to like drive is Zeke a halfling or a dwarf? Or neither? He's a halfling. He's a halfling. Halfling. <laughs> halfling. I think he might stay in his caravan. So Sylvie and Diane are pretty much patrolling the exterior. Yeah, I guess so. But that's not many people carrying supplies. Like, we're hoping to spread out the weight. Is Dor on foot at all? Uh, Dor, yeah. Dor is kind of going to be at the back alongside uh, Tulips. So that's three people helping to spread the weight of any, like, heavier wagons. I can be off the wagon. You do have a lot of heavy stuff that might be good to like, yeah, bear the load. Does uh, Marlon want to walk or nah? How's his like trauma? He could be doing better. I think he probably is going to prefer to stay inside. All right. The swamp order of the caravan from front to back is Roddy, Sylvie and the troop, Nikolai and Cheyenne, Charlie and Plume, Julie and Diane, Ben and Carla, Zeke and the girls, and then Tulip's wagons walking outside the wagons in order to help carry some of the load of the supplies so the wagons don't sink too far into the mud are Sylvie, Diane, Zeke, and Dor next to their respective wagons. Fantastic. You all set off into the Great Swamp. You were at its edges, and even just as you crossed the precipice into the first muddy trenches that are ahead of you, uh, what was a nice overcast day turns to yet more overcast as the skyscraper-like trees that seem to touch the clouds themselves start to block out yet more of the sun. The only thing that reaches you are the little dapples that make its way through the branches as they sway in the breeze. You all continue in to the great swamp. Can everyone just roll me a d20 flat? 19. 14. <laughs> two. But if you add her, two to my 19. Plus Jesse's 14. That's a really high number, Jordan. <laughs> well, I, will I don't say even know how much that could be. <laughs> it's uncountable. <laughs> At least two. I will say it's good based on your order. The first leg into the swamp uh, goes kind of without a hitch. Some of the wagons, particularly the heavier ones at the back, do get not entirely stuck, but definitely slowed down. Everything goes off without a hitch until you hear... A loud sound of running water. And as you continue on, uh, that source becomes pretty easy to ascertain as straight through as far as you can see, there is a large overflowing portion of this swamp. And this isn't a nice, you know, uh, like, you know, creek. It's grungy, muddy, viscous, thick, hard to see water that is rushing in front of you. It is about... 400 meters, it's basically cutting the swamp itself in, in half. How far into the swamp are we? 
like an eighth of the way through. Does it look deep? Um, because of the viscosity at present. Um, hard to say. Hard to say. Is it flowing swiftly? Is there like a risk of current? If you're sure-footed, you'd be fine. If you lost your footing, you might go away a little bit. Yeah, I'd say that you'd probably get lost in it if you lost your footing. Okay, I gained my footing. I call back to the rest of the caravan to hold up a moment. And I probably head over to Diane. She mentioned that she has been at least near this area before. Yeah, she's a ranger. She's a ranger. She seems like cool and outdoorsy. Yeah. Have you seen anything like this, Diane? I will say I've never fled for my life before, so I've usually just waited it out to dry. Nighttime, maybe give it a day or two, which we can't really do here. If we want to cross this, it's probably helpful to put a net in the way of where it's coming from so that no large debris can come through on the like on the current but that's it it doesn't seem like it would overwhelm the wagons too badly it's the it's the animals i'm worried about if they can't make it all the way then they'll they'll really get us stuck uh, Nikolai and Shan turn to Boris, and you kind of see a little bit of a, <laughs> a slight concern. They don't vocalize it, but, I mean, it's not too hard to ascertain that, you know, Boris is a bit of an aging old donkey, so... You can't kill Boris. I realize I'm not allowed to kill horses, but... but this is a donkey. <laughs> this is a donkey. I'm setting the stage of the concerns that you should have, but I will do my utmost to ensure um, Boris's safety. <laughs> At this point, basically, like, everyone has now, you know, parked up near the swamp river bed. You know, you're, you're all kind of deliberating. Zeke, is there anything you can fashion? Do you shoe animals? Anything like that that could give them a sturdier step? Without help, I, I jury, don't know enough about horseshoes. <laughs> I don't think horseshoes let you walk into mud, but, like, maybe, like, horse snowshoes. Horse... Ski, water skis? Horse swamp shoes. I mean, yes, I do uh, shoe horses. That is something I can do and do all the time. After a quick Google search that Eli is doing now. There's nothing other than like horseshoes. There's no like horse skis. So right now the primary concern is of the animals slipping away? Well, it you didn't describe it as like a torrent of swamp water that could like knock over a wagon. You described it as like if a living creature like slipped or stuttered, you could lose your balance and get carried a bit. Well, I would say that it's probably close to like waist-ish high. The wagon should be fine. And again, you should be okay to like wade through it, but it is running like pretty fast. Like it will probably carry you away. God help us if there's something living in there. Do we know who would have trouble? Like, I guess Nikolai and Cheyenne, as older people, might need a hand. And, like, some of the more sturdier people would just be able to help them across the water. They can also just be in the caravans if we think the caravans will be sturdy going across. That's true. Um, But then that's more... uh, Yeah, yeah, wait. I think option A would be getting the stronger people to help the weaker people across. Option B would be the caravans. Yeah, I don't think there's any kind of magic bullet solution here. It's just how we want to prioritize it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think we should make sure that Nikolai and Cheyenne have support to get themselves and Boris across. And we shouldn't slow down too much, but we also don't have to rush all mm-hmm. the wagons across at an instant. We can take our time and support them whenever they need it. It does make sense to go take one wagon across at a time and help that one wagon. Mm-hmm. 
and repeat. It's just a matter of how we can help that wagon. We can physically help the animals pull and mm-hmm. push to make sure they don't get stuck. We can um, help support anyone who needs to like walk alongside if, they're, if there's anyone who's like not as strong in the water to avoid the weight on the wagons getting too heavy. And we can kick away all of the swamp water with our feet, leaving an open path to walk the wagon through. Like Swamp Moses. Mm-hmm. I liked the, um, the, the, the net idea that um, Diane had. Do we have a net? We could probably weave a net. You probably have a lot of rope, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So I think the net would be a good thing to just make it so we're not going to get anything like big and heavy hit us. Um, and then just stronger people will have to go back and forth a few times to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have proficiency in animal handling now. So mm-hmm. if any of the animals need like a pep talk. But it's only if you hold the book as soon as you, you know, you yeah, drop it. <laughs> I'm reading the book with one eye and I'm petting for it. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Yes. You've, uh, you know, identified the conundrum here. Uh, what I'm hearing is that you want to kind of elect some of the people that are stronger, uh, that you have more confidence that can not only go across once, but perhaps multiple times uh, to then kind of more methodically rather than in one fell swoop, go back and forth and, uh, you know, make sure that each caravan individually gets across. For the sake of ease, let's kind of divide it into just two groups. Let's not do like, oh, this is the mid tier. Like they could probably make it across. Let's have like who is being helped and who is going back and forth. The three of us are probably helping. Yeah. And the important named characters. And then if we can get Tulip and his men to help, please. Please. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Roddy. And maybe Ben. The people who need help are Nikolai and Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. Maybe Chorley. I don't know. What is in her wagon? Is it heavy? I would say it's on the lighter side because a lot of it like is more floral stuff. Mm-hmm. Lots of like seeds, lots of actual plants. But she travels pretty light, all things considered. So in terms of like the weight of hers, that's that's probably fine. So assuming she's good and her horse is in like good condition, then I think it's mostly Nikolai and Cheyenne in terms of Boris being like uh, an older animal. And then also if Zeke or Tulip, I guess, need help with their heavier wagons. That's where I would see like the two challenges. As far as Ben, Ben is kind of going to iterate that uh, he's going to be like, uh, don't worry, I'll take care of our own. Um, and then once I'm across and Carla's safe, I can come and help you all. Okay. Sounds good. Go ask Tulip. I'm not going to let you just have Tulip. Uh, Zeke wants Tulip's help. Zeke's going to demand Tulip's help. Oh, oh, I like dad Zeke. Yeah, you need to help your sister get across the swamp river. Oh, okay. Yeah, so wait, where's Tulip? He's resting inside of his wagon, and if you approach, you're going to be met by door. All right. He's sort of his doorman. Yeah, (laughs) if you will. Uh, Door's going to be like, what? I don't know if you've noticed, we've encountered a uh, obstacle, and um, we need help with getting the heavier wagons as well as some of our weaker people across. We need to work together to get through this swamp. Yeah, we'll make sure that we... And then he gets interrupted by Tulip overhearing the conversation and says, Dor, don't don't be such a bore. Just go and help them, okay? Uh, All right. And uh, Dor will will reluctantly aid. Just Dor? They have like a bunch of people, don't they? He's got at least two other guys. He said just... 
Just door so far. And the rest of your your uh Tulip peeks his head out from his his wagon and looks at you and says Oh, greedy, greedy now, are we? Well, uh, last time I checked, I uh, we comprised two wagons of this caravan here, so uh, I'm rather quite concerned making sure that we make it across safe and sound. I, you seem quick to forget that I did just offer and extend my help, and a very capable help at that. Isn't that right, Dor, who kind of just gives like a, like a eye roll to it? Um, good day to you, Zeke. Tulip, uh, with all due respect... I can't help but notice that in the past few days, we have encountered all kinds of danger on our way here. And you with your entourage have been keeping to yourself, not so much uh, aiding the rest of the group. Are you finding running with this group to not be advantageous to you, to be a part of this larger caravan? Would you rather be on your own? Zeke, I find it interesting that you start that conversation all due respect because I do in fact think that I am due respect and <laughs> all of it pardon me perhaps I'm wrong but I think that our mere presence is enough of a turn for most would-be thieves on this journey across so I don't think that I really owe you or anyone here much of anything <laughs> in fact maybe you owe me but I'll just pretend that we didn't really have this conversation and offer you the aid that I had already promised you which again I do not have to do. So if we were to be attacked, for example, by Carmong's people, you think that the presence of your caravan would be enough to deter them? I would hope so, but if not, I'm sure that we could swiftly dispatch him. Unlike you uh, bumbling buffoons. (laughs) It was quite fun to watch from a distance as you all struggled... uh, Quite emphatically, uh, <laughs> I uh, don't think that we'd have the same issue. So maybe next time, rather than riding off into the sunset, perhaps you'll stay close to, well, what gives us security in this caravan. Or next time, if you are so confident with the abilities of your people, you can take it upon yourselves to ensure our security rather than let us bumble into danger. My palms could use a bit of grease. I'm a businessman, you understand? I think, actually, I think that we all are, so... (laughs) I'm not... My my business is not the business of favors. I'd be willing to do some extra work if it was worth my while. Otherwise, just stay close, and as long as you're in close proximity, I think that you'll be just safe enough. I don't know if Zeke's gonna argue too much further with this, but he will say, I ask you again... Do you find traveling with this caravan to be advantageous to you, or would you rather be on your own? What I find is this conversation to be a bore, Zeke. Um, I'm quite content with my place here, away from you all, at the back of this caravan. And like I said, despite your feelings on the matter, I'll make sure that we get to our destination. Um, Papa will remember this, whatever. Zeke will remember (laughs) this. Zeke tightens the grip on his hammer <laughs> as he stalks off towards his wagon. Door will shoot you uh, a bit of a smirk. He does go with you uh, to get this to get this going. You're basically just helping the caravans across in sequence. We're going to call these um, some good old animal handlings. Um, so who's first to go across that you guys are helping? 
And it is for, give me, because you guys have multiple characters, who exactly is helping plus uh, Dor and Roddy? Roddy and Sylvie and the troop, we're assuming, are making it across with minimal challenge. And Nikolai and Cheyenne is the first caravan that we're really trying to help. That's fair. Let's do that. Yep. So that's Sylvie, probably Fabio can get egged into it. Uh, Diane, Zeke, Dor, and Roddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jolie, too. And Jolie. Roddy's caravan, as well as the troops, make it across unscathed, though with a bit more effort than you initially thought. It is, as I said, like um, waist high, and the current is fairly strong. It surprises you at first, but then you get more sure-footed as soon as you, you know, acclimatize to it rather quickly, and you make it to the other side unscathed. Um, it is, you know, uh, an eerie trip because, as I said, it's quite like a viscous um, and menacing river, but you make it across uh, no problem. You return to then help Nikolai and Cheyenne, who have been sitting at the helm of their wagon. Um, Nikolai quite uh, nervously grips the reins of Boris, and Boris as well at the end of said reins is uh, kind of, when being led to the river's edge uh, by you guys, is trying to pull away and try to you know not, not go across the river. Um, after some calming down of Boris, you know, it seems like we're ready to, to give it a shot, but, uh, you know, nerves are here. Uh, roll animal handling for me. 19. 19. Cool. I pull out my book. Uh, 10. <laughs> Who likes Boris the most? Character or people? Character. Okay, that's oh. different. Sylvie, don't give a shit about this donkey. Okay. Out of player characters, probably one of us. Do you give a shit about Boris? Um, <laughs> I, Jory, care about Boris a lot. I don't know how much Zeke cares about Boris. Diane doesn't, but Jolie does. Okay. Okay. Jolie is leading. You can make donkey cheese. You know, like, donkeys make milk, too. <laughs> and you never have. It's an uncharted territory. Could be very prosperous uh julie leads boris by the reins who's quite calmed by her presence um the rest of you kind of float around the wagon as it's going across uh making sure that um as you kind of like walk ahead that there isn't any patches that feel perhaps like more muddy or there's like a rock that could you know bump one of the wheels up and make you kind of lose your path and though you make it across um Unscathed, um, let's have everyone but Jesse, because you got 10, yes? Yeah. Uh, you two roll a perception check for me. Five. Six. <laughs> um, you guys make it across the water and pull up a... <laughs> A donkey skeleton. <laughs> oh no! And that was hard to I perceive. I didn't even notice. <laughs> you know it's like all the fish are jumping away. <laughs> no. Uh, no, you 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 lead a very relieved Nikolai, Cheyenne, and Boris to the other side of of the river. Um, as you pull up, Boris, um, Nikolai hops down, thanks you, and kind of like removes his reins for a second and. Boris wanders not too far, but just to like graze the tiny little bit of shitty swamp grass that's there, um, as if as if the the event that just transpired and what Boris was very nervous about has already left his memory. Um, Jory, we failed to perceive something. I know. <laughs> um, 
Okay. We were too busy perceiving Boris. <laughs> we failed to, we actually left the goose and the bag of grain on the <laughs> other side of the Swamp River. Okay, um, so we're going to go back, um, and you guys are kind of like burning time. So when you come on back, I'm going to say um, you can do like just Chorley, that's who we have next. Or you can kind of, because there are like a number of you, just try to be like, okay, you know, we got the tough one across. And you can try and do like a couple more at, at, a, at a time type of thing. You've also now at this point, like between a lot of you have traversed it like three or four times and have ascertained kind of like the path of least resistance. Yeah, it didn't seem like Chorley's wagon was going to offer too much trouble. So we could probably do Chorley and the cheese wagon and then save the heavy ones for the end. Mm -hmm. Agree. Uh, Okay, animal handling. Oh, baby. That's a 23. That's a 22. That's a nine. This time me and Eli will fail to perceive some secret (laughs) of the universe. We're rolling pretty good. So we'll spice up a bit with the winds of fate now. I was waiting. It's 38 minutes into this record. Has Jesse picked a number yet? Uh, I think I actually was the last one to pick for Winds of Fate. Okay. Uh, Eli, pick a number. I picked first. I don't think I've ever picked a number. I'm so sorry, Jory. Pick a number between 1 and 20. 16. Is this bad Winds of Fate or good this Winds of Fate? This is the bad Winds of Fate. 16. Ooh. How's the six? <laughs> Only one order of digits off. The good Winds of Fate? That was also a six. Oh, that would have been spicy. <laughs> if she had picked six and we had gotten the right number for both wins of fate, what would have happened? Nothing. Hurricane of chance. You, like, you level up and it's like... For, for the Realmers, it was six and six. You so like we're that. debating what happens when both both worlds collide. I don't know. I feel like it would be like some people are decimated and some like ascend to God or something. Like. High highs and low lows. Uh, we get, yeah, we literally just get, uh, uh, what's the word? Apotheosis. No. When. When. um, Halitosis. (laughs) The word for when. When the good people get brought up to heaven. The rapture. The rapture. rapture. (laughs) You got to read that pamphlet, girl. You're slipping. The rapture's good. The rapture occurs. Great. The winds of fate pass. And because the winds of fate passed with nothing happening uh, and you guys are rolling fantastically, you managed to lead Chorley and the cheese wagon to the other side to join Nikolai, Cheyenne, Boris, and Marlon, who's kind of just like been sitting in the caravan, uh, was one of the first ones to go across, obviously. Um, you guys can come on back. Roll me. Perception. Perception. Everyone. On what? Way, oh, on me the too? Way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the way back. Uh, Ooh, that's a three. Uh, that's a 23. I'm in that sweet middle with a 13. <laughs> we rolled three, 13, and that's 23. Crazy. I love that. Okay, Diane, as she's making her way back across, does feel a knock against her leg, which almost makes her lose her footing for a second, but she quickly regains composure. Um, and you guys make it across. I feel a knock against my leg? Uh, like something kind of bumps your leg like in, in this current like obviously it's like could be whatever but yeah we um is that accounting for like we put the mesh the rope up mm-hmm. do i perceive this as potentially like a living thing in any way would diane reasonably like that's a stick it's a bump okay yeah what it is i mean but but you can take it for whatever you like yeah i would think that sure that's absolutely in the realm of possibility if you're trying to be you know diligent 
This isn't maybe the smartest thing. Diane's not always a smart lady, but she's just like, ah, something touched my fucking leg. Um, Which, like, ev everyone has heard it, but if something's listening to us, they also heard that. Okay. Roddy turns to you and is like, what? Oh, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Something was on my leg. I don't know. Sorry. Is it leeches? I bet there's leeches in here. You guys have leeches? Anybody eaten in the last 45 minutes? Oh, when I when Diane gets out of the muddy water, is there a, like nothing's wrong with my leg, right? No, nothing's wrong. Sylvie's just like idly kicking out, annoyed and worried as she like staggers back to their side. I don't know. I, there could be something in it. It could be a stick. I just I just felt a thing. Okay. Uh, the next up uh, is Ben and Carla. But as Ben said, Ben's like I'm good to get us across. I know he said he would help you, but uh, so this time when you come back, Ben, who's been helping you, is now going to make sure that he gets Carla and his wagon across. He's kind of, perhaps stubbornly so, uh, content to do that on his own accord, um, which means that you guys have Nomi and Hilda, and then Tulip and company are also pretty comfortable to get it across. So for all intents and purposes, you really only have Zeke's wagon to get across. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Uh, you line up. Uh, does Zeke say anything to his wonderful daughters? <laughs> He's about to die. <laughs> I didn't know it was that serious. It's not that it's that serious. It's just more like, if you want a moment. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. I, I don't have anything. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's roll our animal handling. Not 20. That's a 24. Seven. Eight. Jesse, how much can I pay you for this dice? Wow. 24, you said? Yeah. And that's for Julie and Diane is basically what we've been doing it for? Yeah. Okay, great. As you're pulling it across, as you might have anticipated, and I think that what makes the most sense is because Diane's been kind of now on alert, a giant pink fleshy tongue oh, no. shoots out from the murky water and immediately wraps itself around Zeke's daughter, Nomi. No. And tugs at her. It, Fuck this shit. Being unprepared and not holding on to the reins, she does get flung from the wagon. However, you're going to have an opportunity to both, both um, Julie and Diane, both because of like your perception as well as how well you've been kind of getting across here, you're going to have an opportunity to react to this. Cool. Is this battle? Because like I don't actually have a sheet for Diane right now, but she is a ranger. So if you're letting me do something, I'll do something. Depending on like what happens here, but at present we're we're not in combat. I was gonna bless, but I want to save my spell slots for cure wounds. So Diane is just gonna shoot the tongue. Uh, with what, like a crossbow? I think she has like a longbow. Okay, so you're trying. So it's like it's pretty long. Let's say like the tongue's like honestly like 10, 15 feet. So you have a fair bit of like space. Space to do that, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm not trying to like kill it or anything. I'm just hoping it'll be like ow and let go of his daughter. Okay, roll attack. 18 plus she's presumably yeah um so i'm gonna let you then yeah you you loose an arrow and it sticks straight through the tongue which actually does sever it because it's stretched out at its like maximum length so it does sever uh nomi still has the tongue like around her and it is kind of binding her and she kind of now is hanging off the side of the wagon uh at this point um sylvie can you Acrobatics. Yes. Actually, sorry, uh, deck saving throw. Okay. <laughs> that is an 18. A tongue shoots out uh, at you, Sylvie. After seeing this happen, you immediately go on high alert, and from behind you, you just manage, perhaps just pure instinctually, 
you see just a peripheral vision and one coming for you, you sidestep while keeping your feet under you as it kind of whips past you, makes a crack at the end of its tongue, and then quickly retreats back. So you do know at least where it's come from. So you know there's one that's severed and there's one that's not, and here you are in the middle of the water. Eyes out, there's more than one. And we're gonna, I think we're gonna roll for initiative on that. That's a 10. Five. Zeke is five? Yeah. Uh-huh, Zeke's five. Sorry. <laughs> like Doesn't years old? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what the fuck was he even doing? Oh. Ooh, that's a natty 20. Damn. So 22 for Sylvie. Uh, is anyone else in this fight with us? Is Dora just like, um, lunch break? Ooh, Tulip didn't say nothing about tongue fighting. <laughs> I mean, Tulip says nothing about tongue fighting, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For this one, these are the only characters that you guys have that are like built out sheets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it fair to say, I mean, I'll give you guys the choice. We can go ahead and like have these other and they'll have like mundane weapons or you can be like, they're trying to help like this way, like Nomi and Hilda across. I think it's fine if each of us has one character and the rest of the characters are assumed to be getting the wagons across. And yeah. also like protecting Nick and Cheyenne or and whoever. Yeah. Getting Nomi out of this tongue. Yeah. So we do have like a little bit of an A-B. In fact, you know what? Okay, so first of all, put it's a variation of, we're going to call them Bullywug. One, two. One is on a 12, and the second one is on a 16. Which one has a severed tongue? That's the one that's on a 12. So now you guys are in combat. You're basically having to take on these, well, you can probably guess, they're a little frog-like. Uh, creatures that have now been shooting out at you. Some of you are in combat, some of you are trying to calm the horse, help Nomi, and basically take the situation and stop it before it gets any worse or anyone gets hurt. You've all rolled for initiative, and now it's time to take them on. Who's first? Sylvie with her not 2022. So at this point, if you were to just like shoot them, you're gonna do so with disadvantage. They're, they're obscured and hidden in this water. So you either are gonna have to just do that, guess based on uh, where it is, or find a way to get them out of the water. Find a way to get them out of the water. Actually, I will say, Sylvie, because you, for this singular round, you did have like at least the knowledge of where that first one is because you managed to dodge it. Um, but for everyone else, what I just said applies and passes around, yes. Um, for people who are like good at animal handling, especially Sylvie who has a book, is, do we know anything about the bullywugs? That's a good point. I could use an action to like presumably look them up. According to my research, it's a it's a bestiary of magical creatures. No, you're right. Jesse uses that. skill identify. Well, surely that's <laughs> what it could be used for. Um, I bet it has more about bullywugs than it does about like Boris the donkey. I don't feel the need to do that yet. Um, it's a good option to have, but these are things that are in the water. They're hitting us with their tongues. Let's shoot them until we're out of the water. Sylvie doesn't seem like a, hold up, I got a book for this time. Exactly. It's kind of funny. Like, it, she will use it probably at times, but it's like, she's not the person who's like, I'll go for my book. So she uh, has good positioning on it for this round because it just tried to attack her. So she's just going to straight up uh, bring out the short bow and try to hit the one that presumably on this side of the of the wagon who uh, lashed out with his tongue. And you said she gets double advantage on it because it just... No, you get a regular attack roll. You get not disadvantage. <laughs> uh-huh. The winds of fate blow upon me. That's a 20 total. That's great. So, sorry, you're shooting? What are you doing? I'm shooting this one with my short bow. 
Sylvie whips around in the quick reaction to the tongue, seeing where it kind of retracts back into the water, and using that approximation points the hand, hand crossbow. It's a short bow, and I think she's being very cool about it, like kicking one leg out of the muck and like bracing against the wagon to like stabilize the shot because she's in this like torrent of swamp ooze. And off the of intuition, your arrow flies true, and when it hits, the fletching is enough that you can see it at times, when the, because the water is obviously somewhat fluctuating, you can kind of see it bobbing in and out of the water. I think that's stuck. Eyes on the arrow, it's over there. Four points of damage. Great. That same one, now that you hit it, kind of shrieks backwards. It jumps, leaps from the, from the water, and as it's in the air, it then once again shoots its tongue straight out at you, Sylvie. That is a 23. You can't use this dice, it's too good. It is a very good dice. You get a different one. You take six points of damage. Oh, 23 doesn't hit. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have presumed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, how bad do I die? Uh, how, what's your hit point total? No, just tell me how much damage six, it did. Six, six, okay. six, six. That uh, reduced me six of my nine hit points. <laughs> oh my okay. god. I will say it's a it's a pretty fantastic roll for the old Bullywug. Um, what happens here is you're kind of taken by surprise. You you knew the distance like instantly just from your intuition of this this length, but it shoots out at its at its full length and it what you would think would be too stretched out and wouldn't reach you then does reach you as barbs shoot out from the edge of the tongue itself. And they kind of like scratch your, well, I guess it would scratch your face for six points of damage. Uh, they decapitate you. For six points of damage. Yeah, not, not full nine points. Yeah. Uh, nine <laughs> points is the heads all the way off. And then you can sort of work backwards from there. Yeah. The barbs shoot out and like stab you in your shoulder. Um, yeah, what's next? The other bullywug. Uh, the other one now with its tongue severed is, um, well, hidden to you guys. And uh, nothing, nothing happens on that round. I hate that. Next is me. I really wanted to use Told the Dead, but I need to see the target, so I can't. Okay, what about the little arrow? I'm going to say that you can do the arrow. However, if it hits you, because your target is the arrow, you'll do your damage and all that, but then the arrow is like dislodged or destroyed from the damage. So that, that little like bobbing thing is, is, is gone, is what I'll say. You could also cast Undecapitate Sylvie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Recapitate. Yeah, I need to be recapitated. I capitate you. <laughs> Disgusting. Now, my party hates when I do this. Every party I've ever had in D&D, every time I've healed. But I save my healing spells till someone is dying. Because you're at three, but Zeke might go down to zero. And I only have two. So hang in there. So what's the non-meta thing for that? You're like... If you're not mad at gaming, what's the justification? What? She's like... You're like, I'm not healing people unless they're fucking... Literally, dumb. literally. She's like, I have a finite amount of energy. Okay, okay, okay. I need to save it to preserve their life. Damn. It's okay. also just like a hectic battle, and it's not like she's tracking my HP. She's like also in a different part of the swamp where we're fighting for her own life. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I would like to use Toll the Dead on the tongued bullywug. Uh, specifically on the arrow sticking out of his back. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Bullywug needs to take a wisdom saving throw. Just roll that. Whew, 18. Fuck. What? This it's an idiot. Flat Come on. 18. Sorry. Does it not have like a guarantee if like wisdom's too low? I don't think they have it. I don't think spells have it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Does the arrow stay in? Yeah, presumably, because nothing happened. Yeah, if it misses, then it stays. Yeah. Then I'm done. Julie's like, they're also geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> they're God's perfect killing machine. <laughs> We never should have come out here. <laughs> so 
sorry. Is uh, Nomi in the water? No. Where is she? Nomi is like hanging off, like half on, half off the wagon. Okay, I'd like to like position myself closer to her. I'm ranged, so I might as well be like close. Okay. Um, yeah, I know that I'm supposed to be fighting these bullywogs, but uh, that's my daughter. And I think I've made my motivations pretty clear. I'm not gonna fight these bullywogs. I'm gonna try and cut the tongue so that she's no longer bound. So you're gonna rush over to, to Nomi. Mm-hmm. He's totally dad pilled. Uh, so I'm gonna say like, obviously that once you get there, the cutting of it is not going to be too hard, but I am going to say, let's say the getting there. I would also say with some of them, you're not gonna be the most sure-footed of everyone that's the primary cast here. Is that uh, presumptuous or? I mean, if you is said it was like waist deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said it's like waist deep to a human, what so. What do you do? I'm just swimming. Yeah, I'm, you're gonna have to. I'm gonna call it athletics cool, to, cool, to cool. make it over to Nomi. The actual cutting of it uh, is obviously gonna be a free action, but yeah, you gotta make it over. Nineteen. With sheer dad will and determination, you make it to your daughter's hanging on for dear life. You take your short sword and you free Nomi from the uh, the tongue that's now been that was lashed around her, and she pushes herself back up onto the wagon. Tears starting to stream down her eyes of fear, but she, you know, she's a. Uh, She's a toughie, so she grabs the reins from a Hilda that's also quite distraught and tries to spur the horse forward to get out of danger so you guys can take care of business. Do you want to, like, go with her? Like, are you going to try and move yourself from combat? Which is also totally valid, like, if you want to see her across. I think I would try and make sure that they get across safely before I start fighting again. I think that's totally valid. You know, at the end of the day, these people are relatively strangers. These are your daughters. Yeah. Um... A tongue shoots out from the water and wraps itself around door. So Jordan just put down another mini on the board. So we're to infer that this is a here to unknown third bullywog. This is a third bullywog. A third tongue emerges from the water and wraps itself around door, Roddy adjacent to him. He struggles against it, doesn't make much of a noise. It's just (laughs) quite honestly humiliated that he got caught in this position. However, Roddy makes no effort to help him at all. Instead, Roddy turns actively away from Dora, who is adjacent to her, and engages the one that also has the arrow uh, sticking out. She looses another uh, bolt from her crossbow at that one instead. She does hit, and she will do a little bit of damage, as now a crossbolt hits itself into this other bullywog. It um, lurches back, hopping out of the water to try to get some distance away from where it was. So at the top of the round here, it'll be in the air. Uh, Put the third bullywog right at the end, please. Top of the round. I think that what Sylvie would like to do as far as movement goes, tell me how this kind of could flow, is just um, climb onto the wagon or otherwise position herself to still be able to shoot, but ideally take advantage of some cover because of how much decapitation damage she sustained last round. Can she like climb up and sort of pop out from the back and kind of get a shot on this bullywug, for instance? Uh, I would say, yeah. Um, so the advantage there is that if you get there, yeah, you'll have like more cover and stuff like you said. I think I'll need to acrobatics because you are like going to lose your footing for a moment and have to pull yourself up. I think you'll be able to get on no matter what, but it's better you're going to be able to act this turn as well. Understood. That is a 20. Great. You uh, fling your hand over and you hop up quite effortlessly into the back of this wagon and presumably, you know, you knock an arrow. Bloody Uzi having a terrible time. Sylvie swears under her breath as she knocks an arrow and trains it on this bullywug that's free willying about with now a few bolts stuck into it. Shit, that's another 20. 
great. Roll this as if it is a crit because you're shooting it soft underbelly as it's in the in the air. You don't have to tell me twice. Well, that's max, that's 12 points of damage on this bullywug. Okay, you're shooting in its belly. Do you want to color it for me at all? <laughs> what I want to communicate about Sylvie, she likes being in the city and drinking in taverns and like stealing from people and like eating food and having sex. And she does not like being in a fucking swamp running around with donkeys and shit. She's so mad. She's so <laughs> miserable. She stinks like swamp shit. She's bleeding profusely. And she's just like... I think like the force with which she squeezes the trigger on the bolt maybe like cracks a piece and she actually yells with this very like vicious triumphant like ah as this bolt just flies across and um, it really rakes open the bottom of this thing's stomach and it's guts just kind of are like squelching out as it kind of screams or whatever and flops back into the water. Yeah, it crashes into the water, not gracefully at all, quite presumably dead from the shot. Zeke, your arch nemesis now, the no-tongued bullywug. <laughs> the fabled tongueless bullywug. Jumps from the water because it was submerged. So it's now come back around to the wagon. And you, uh, in caring for your daughter like a good father, probably lost track of it for a moment as it lurches forward. And even though it's has a big portion of his tongue severed. It tries to basically whip its head from left to right and the barbs can still be produced from it. It's not just at the tip. And that is a 13. Okay. Which is less than my AC. I was wrong. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have said that your dad your dad senses are operating. You're firing at all dad's cylinders right now. Don't step to Zeke, bro. She's got V8 dad engines yeah. inside her. Uh, as it emerges and whips its tongue at you, you manage to duck your head as the tongue kind of flings itself past over your head. Sick. It, it, it lands back in the water. You guys would have a general sense of where it is, but again, these things are relatively fast. Relative, no, these things are fast. Uh, well, the one with an arrow sticking out of it, none of them are visible anymore, right? Presumably the one that is actively wrapping door is visible. The, if yeah, we the give a shit. The, to- the like- tongue is just out of the water, yeah. I know we don't like door, but like, <laughs> do we really hate door? Honestly, like, maybe we can like hold that like, hold that over him later. The thing is that like I Eli would save door because I'm like, oh, I think I'd make a friend, but I really don't think Jolie is the type to do that. Not she, even for the prospect of lording it over him. I guess so. She's very like. I think Dora is a liability. If he dies, we'll all be looking out for each other easier. But because he's the only thing I can see, I guess I'm going to help him. Okay. You think he's a liability? Like, whether it's right or not, Jolie is like, I don't trust people who are not here to contribute to the society that we're trying to build. Kill him. <laughs> Dora will be the first against the wall in the communist revolution. So, Jolie. Also, I did check. My wisdom save DC is 16. So... That bullywug was a genius and would have passed it, but it's not 10. <laughs> you're okay, you're really driving home. <laughs> it's okay. It's a dead genius. Yeah. You could try and recruit them if you want. Like if, <laughs> if you think they're so smart and cool and sexy, like you can just ask you can just ask them to join. All right, I, I point to the things wrapped around door. Mm-hmm. I toll the dead at it. 
Are you fucking kidding me? That's a 19. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, you underestimated them once. They're actually so smart, bro. <laughs> okay, Winds of Fate, you die from, like, it's like cosmic horror. You just can't fathom how intelligent these frog things are. You're t- 19. You're telling me they are six points smarter than Zeke? Come on. Move on. Next person is Zeke. If I can get the um, the wagon to dry land on this turn, would I be able to throw stuff? Yes, but I mean, I'm going to say that the wagon's kind of at a fixed speed and it won't be able to get to there in this round. So then I'm going to spend this round trying to help the wagon across. That won't, that won't help us get it there faster. Literally pull the wagon along. Yeah. Um, you can have some data energy. It's going to be quite the heroic effort, I think, to pull it further. But this is this is what you need and want to do for sure. I mean, that is just going to be also athletics at this point now. You're just trying to drag it. So you hop down from it. And, and I'm like, like helping out. Like grabbing part of the reins or something and just literally trying to add to the horse's pull. Yeah. Okay. Six. On a six, you hop down off the wagon. Trip in front of the horse. I'm going to say that like you lose you lose your footing. You start to drift away, but you do manage to grab some of like the reins, which halts the caravan entirely because now it's not like you're, you're pulling at it sideways essentially rather than pushing it along you're now actually kind of pulling it away you're gonna taste the swamp water the water's rushing into you but you're not like being pushed all the way down the river okay if you could do a shrek joke now that'd probably be good i didn't uh brainstorm i didn't do the homework jory's never seen shrek well, who is he marvel you know jesse's uncle shrek Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's also a read on me. I like that. Uh, we're on to Roddy and Endor. Roddy moves further away, literally just going back to the wagon now at this point, and makes no semblance to help Dor. Dor, who is not an idiot and does notice uh, the general perception to his uh, predicament that you all have. However, he uh, is not uh, to be trifled with. He opens his mouth and bites down hard on the tongue. And then a pierce of that, you know, that like the same jetting side pierces through the side of his mouth, but it doesn't give him any pause and he bites and tears at the tongue enough that it gives away a bit and he pulls at the tongue to start to free himself. (laughs) Everyone in this campaign is a total freak. (laughs) He moans in ecstasy. (laughs) No, no. Roddy fucking Gallagher to dude. Turley is like, I loved when I cut the dead body open and flowers came out. And Dora's like, is anyone going to finish this tongue and didn't wait for an answer? Like, what the actual fuck, Jordan? What? He's going to get out. His hands are bound. So he basically like makes it so that there's enough of a leeway that if he starts to strain against the tongue, he's going to be able to start to get out of it. Guess it's a good thing I made a, I tried to help him. However, it does, I mean, that's kind of like both at the same time. In response to that, the bully wog p- tries to pierce him, which it does. You know, it shoots through his, his cheek, but um, it doesn't really give him any pause. Uh, top of the round. My kind of take on this is that everyone except Dor is pretty much clustered around the wagon. The Bullywog who's fighting with Dor, it seems, is like kind of blocking our path forward a bit to the far bank. Mm-hmm. And then this far tongueless Bullywog is submerged. We don't have a read on it. Is that accurate? The last known position was like it went to swipe at Zeke and then landed in front of the wagon. But past that, I mean... It's just kind of there. Yeah. 
opinion. It's not even really a question of like an opinion about Dor or not. I don't think Sophie's like evaluating this being like, who do I want to live the most? She sees it as like, let's kill these things and move on. She's still very injured, so she'll continue to stay in the relative shelter of the wagon. She'll yell at Nomi and Hilda to get down, and she will cross over to the front and try to get a line on this visible bullywug with the short bow again. I've rolled nothing but 16s with this dice. That's another 20. Yeah. That's actually crazy. All right. So you're sorry, is this the one that's on door? This is the one on door. Yeah. Roll damage. That's a one. So I hate door a little. The arrow plunges into the water. Um, and unlike before, you don't see it sticking up. You don't really know if you've hit it. Next up is the tongueless bullywug. That's like a children's book. And it's like, it still <laughs> learns to like be okay with itself. <laughs> the tongueless bullywog, um, perhaps mad at Zeke's dad mode, and now very much in a disadvantageous position, Kind of doesn't even have to jump out of the water this time. Just kind of comes up behind you because it's always sure-footed in this and tries to whip you with its tongue. And it's going to have advantage on this roll, which on the first one, it gets 23. What so is it up didn't with need the advantage. You were just sort of being... Uh... What if it gets disadvantage? Hmm, I hadn't thought of that. It's too smart to get disadvantage. You're going to take four points of damage as it basically lashes your back with its tongue. And you're going to have to also roll me a constitution saving throw to not... Someone's getting poisoned. Oh. Not let go of the reins. I thought this was one of those like Miyazaki poison swamps. Well, maybe. There's still time. Sorry, constitution saving roll. Uh, 20. Fantastic. You get lashed, but you managed to hold on tightly, uh, knowing that if you were to let go, you'd be carried away. Awesome. It's my turn, and I'm fucking fed up. It turns out they're really fucking smart. Takes her crossbow off her back. Special crossbow from Marlin. You can't outsmart a crossbow. That's one thing I've <laughs> yeah. always said. Yeah. Although I am a magic caster, so I'll probably still miss. All right. 16. Uh, 16's good. She says, fuck you. Okay. I didn't expect that. Why have you forsaken me, Ayn? You're shooting at the door one, yeah? Yeah. My god is like, I'm life domain. Please stop doing this to me. Uh, 10. Oh, you shoot the crossbow uh, into the water and a loud croak (laughs) comes from it. As uh, the bullywog dies, uh, the tongue that was lashed around door, now mostly taken away from him, kind of goes limp enough that he just fully frees himself from it. Jolie looks mighty smug. Not so smart now. Oh, actually smug towards door. Oh. You know the whole situation. Okay. I'm king shit. Uh, Zeke? So this guy's tried to attack me twice and hurt me once, so I'm going to actually do something uh, in this fight. And I'm gonna try and stab this bullywug that is fixated on me with my short sword. Because it's kind of gonna be both you're hanging on and it is now submerged, that's definitely with disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, well, that was a 19 plus. Well, 19 will hit, but what's uh, what's the second one? 14. Wait, did you roll 11? Yeah. Is it 15? I rolled a 15. I believe her. Okay, 15 is its armor class, so that's a hit. Great. <laughs> <laughs> One. But it's a melee attack, so you'll add your strength modifier to that. I know how to play this game. I played Dungeons and Dragons before in my life. <laughs> so that's three. You plunge your sword into the riverbed, and when you lift it up, it is a bit hard to lift. And that's because when you lift it up, uh, so too comes a cross-eyed dead bullywog with no tongue staring back at you. 
its lifeless corpse sliding off your short sword. Can we eat these? I was gonna say we're gonna be eating what these. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> they just finished combat and the first thing is like, can we eat this? I mean, that's great. That thought that hadn't even occurred to me. I only City have girls. 1.5 days of food left. I, I don't have that much food. And these are a giant delicacy. Please check the book if they're poisonous. It says you have to cut out the poison sack like it's a fugu <laughs> fish, but other than that, you're clear. How many days of food did we get from these bullywugs? Okay, well, hang on. Combat is resolved. The, the wagon manages to finish. People start to collect themselves. Then you start to see Tulip's wagon start to cross after all of that. And then immediately, though, there's a confrontation at the waterside between... Who would you guys think? Roddy and Dor. Roddy and Dor. I mean, if I were Dor, I'd be pretty pissed. Key to the moment. She was busy. She didn't even attack on her last turn. <laughs> you hear some, like, shouting, calling each other's names, but now they are fully, like, weapons that decide and they are fully going at it right now with the intent to kill one another. I want to calm this down and if I can't calm this down I'm helping Roddy. I'm getting Tulip. Good. That's a good idea too. Okay. He's probably like coming across. He's about like halfway through. Fortunately you are more persuasive than I am. But does Sylvie have any interest in in diffusing the situation? Would Sylvie want to like actually get in the middle of this fight? Not really. She's a little scared of Roddy. Okay. And just, this is not helpful. This is not productive. This is not a sensible way to keep doing this. Let's fucking collect ourselves. We've got enough enemies already in the giant frogs, so let's not fight each other. Let's say uh, Tulip and like his couple other guards, they arrive at the water's edge. At the moment, they're like just checking to make sure like what's a water logs and if they lost anything in that little trip across the, the river. They know that something's going on, I guess, but no, they're not altogether too concerned at the moment. Tulip, collect your muscle before Roddy rips his head off. Tulip's attention draws to the fight and is like, Dor! Who he kind of just answers with a grunt and immediately ceases, takes a couple steps back from Roddy. They kind of hold each other's eyes for a sec and then uh, Dor walks over to Tulip. And Tulip turns to Zeke and goes, Oh, so this is the thanks that we get for lending some help, huh? You just wanted my man to die. Um, I killed that thing. I shot it. I say that. I, I killed it. We actually saved Dora's life. Mm. Is that true, Dora? Kind of looks at his feet. He nods his head, yes. How far do you suppose we'll get through this swamp if we start behaving like children? Well, at least this far. And no further. I have no intention of dying out here. <sighs> touchy, touchy, always silly. Listen, you don't have to like us, but whether you admit it or not, we are helping you. Dor might be dead, and you're helping us, but let's not be at each other's throats. You don't have to thank us, we're not asking for it, but we're not thanking you either. Let's not kill each other and move on. For the record, I, t I like you all. I find you a very entertaining bunch. You know what? doesn't have any use in the middle of a toxic monster-infested swamp tulip? Gold. What use are you here lounging in the back of this caravan? What have you produced or contributed to our efforts thus far? Hmm. Well, maybe I can demonstrate the power of gold to you. And he rifles through in his pockets, he pulls out a couple gold coins, and he flips one to one of his guards who catches it, and he starts to walk up to you. He doesn't draw his weapon or anything. He just kind of like walks forward. Sylvie crosses her arms. She is very upset. This would be fine if Tulip didn't have a 
like stank ass attitude about this. <laughs> he could just be like, that was close, let's keep going, and we wouldn't give him a problem. I say, go on, slaughter us all, kill us all one by one in this caravan and get to the rest of the swamp yourself. Is that what you think's going to happen? Are you an idiot who's blinded by shiny pieces of metal? Or are you a man with sense? Uh, he holds your eyes and yeah, I think well, I mean, as, as, as I do, I, I think he doesn't really have much of a rebuttal to that. I think that he kind of tries to find words and slinks back, kind of pulling the curtain from his caravan's back. Sylvie shoots daggers at Tulip with her eyes and says, and she has a move that she allows her to shoot daggers out of her eyes. Um, <laughs> Sylvie glares at Tulip and she says, this will go a lot faster and a lot less painful if you can find a way to sing a bit more sweetly, Tulip. And she turns and stomps off to go talk to Roddy. Okay. Nice. You pull up to Roddy? I don't even know what Roddy is. I just fucking hate Tulip. <laughs> <laughs> well, Roddy, what was that? I'm sorry. That's not... It was unproductive is what it was. In my line of work... There are many people who are difficult to like. I'm not asking you to like Tulip or to like Dora. I'm asking you to work with them. Is that fair? I recognize your concern. And though a part of me agrees, I worry that those wagons at the back of this caravan are nothing but a pure hindrance and really just to spell doom for all of us. I, as much as I regret it and will refrain from it again, I just saw a moment of opportunity there to fix a problem. She agrees, liability. Not to be rude, but uh, we are already spending more time in this swamp than we absolutely have to. I don't want it to be a two night trip. No, you guys spent too long now, it's three nights then. <laughs> you hear from uh, not too far away, just a little bit into the woods, you hear, ah, ah. That's Chorley. That sounds like Chorley. It's Chorley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my Chorley. Chorley, not too far, further down the river. I mean, I, sorry, you guys didn't say you want to go look at it. You just hear that. We want to go look at it? Oh, wow. Well. I'd request a blessing of favor of Ein and gesture yeah, to the bars and blood pouring down the front of my outfit. I'll walk by Sylvie and just give her like a little face caress. That's your cure wounds. Okay. Six points of damage, right? Yeah. It's automatically, it's full. You got some crazy cure wounds going on. It's only about curing, basically. Like, I get an extra plus three on top of the modifier and the base. Hell yeah. Yeah, and you guys have, like, no health, so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sylvie sighs so deeply and uh, turns and follows Jolie and Zeke to the sound of Charlie's cries, presumably. Over her shoulder, she calls back to Paz, and she says... Can you make yourself useful and brew some tea for everybody? I think he just nods. <laughs> she's a little she's a little high key. Yeah, which is not I'm, I'm assuming something he's unfamiliar with. Maybe not to Yeah, no, you must be like like that sometimes. Oh yeah. Sylvie Sylvie's very um emotionally driven and um when she doesn't get her way, she can be like she can throw tantrums and this feels it's just so annoying to like Phew, we all escaped with our lives. Let's all be so mad at each other. It's like just idiotic. You guys come up on Charlie near the water's edge and she's standing next to a rock. And the rock is screaming, not Charlie. Uh, yes. Huh? Unless the rock is screaming. Um, 
when you come a bit closer, you realize that this rock, as you kind of come from the side, and as you come around to see the front of this rock, you actually see that it's not uh, really a rock at all, but it is a man who has been completely and fully petrified. And from his horrific, agape mouth, there are vines blooming out and kind of starting to, looks like, symbiotically become him as if he's like a small shrubbery but it all stems from his mouth and she's equal parts terrified as well as extremely curious she's already at this point like cut a sample of one of these like little plumes um from uh from this petrified man is, am I the only one who went to go see what no, that no, is? No, no, no. I think we we're all, all here. Did. Okay. We all just have no fucking idea what's going on or what to say um, to this. The man yeah. is alive? Like, he, he... No, no. Hard to ascertain this, but he's certainly, like, he's completely stoned. Truly, do you know if he's alive? Uh, I'm not too sure about any of this right now. It's both fascinating and terrifying. Did a person do this to him, or was this natural causes? I don't have any idea what's happening right now. I'm quite frankly, I'm a bit scared, so um, I'm just, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. I think Paz is making some tea. That might be helpful. We've seen this. When? The bandit on the hilltop. The body we burned. It could be something that's spreading. The illness. I, I wrap like a, a cloth around my nose and my mouth. Take a little dinky knife, a non-combat knife. I want to chip some of the stone away from his arm. I want to see if there's anything underneath or if it's stone all the way down. Uh, you chip away and it's stone all the way down. You have flayed part of this man. Any dropped supplies or anything of use here? By him? Yeah. Um... Everyone make me actually, well, t- I'm sorry we always got to do these, but do a perception check. Actually, no, 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 We're going to call this, let's just call this investigation. 15. Mm-hmm. A flat seven. 16. Jolie, you kind of look at, because the position of this man is on his knees and his hands are kind of contorted near his chest as if he was like clawing at his lungs while this was happening. Part of you is like, based on where he is, the position would suggest he may have been drinking from the riverbed. You wouldn't know how long, obviously this is the type of water you guys will want to squat down and drink, but you also don't know. It's also the swamp water that we've just been walking in for hours. Yeah, but you don't know, yeah, you don't know like what it was like. The swamp itself, It's it's been shrouded and changing a little bit, it seems. From, uh, from what it was prior. Uh, you know, obviously, at this point, you know something's amiss, but you don't know. He could have been drinking from it a long time ago. You don't know how long he's been here. says here in my magic book, Fern Gully Disease. As always, I'll relay that to these two. That you think um, the it might be an issue of contaminated water. Yeah, she says, look, it looks like he was drinking something. If the streams feed out here to the plains and Karmong's men were drinking from them... It's not impossible to imagine it's... I mean, there's tainted water, but it usually just leaves me in the chamber pot for a few hours. This is something else. I think you also said that I got a mouthful of water. Do I feel weird? Am I okay? 
You're also making some nice tea. But that will boil. I do. (laughs) Paz, get the shittiest water you can find and um, spit in it and... Well, you could filter and then boil it. Um, I would argue that we want to get out of the swamp and not investigate this water source. We just want to keep moving. I agree. Um, This is something we have to think about because we don't... If this reached Carmong's men, then we don't know how far this goes. Like, we could get out of the swamp, run out of water, and the only water around us is infected. So I think we should talk to Chorley about, I don't know, figuring it out, how we might be able to filter it. We could just drink through the wine until we get to Nen. We could, and I certainly am not opposed to sharing. Um, Sylvie's not being serious. She's just kind of... Oh, well, I mean, (laughs) that was my plan if we run out of water, but... One thing at a time. Fabio will be pleased. This is horrifying, as is everything else in the swamp and every other moment of this journey has been. Should we get dinner? Jolie has this, like, she has a lot of jewelry. I describe her as, like, hippie mom. Take off, like, a little silver ring and give it to Sylvie. What's this for? I know you like fine things. Consider it payment for the swamp. Payment? You just prayed to God to send me magical healing. If anything, I should be paying you. Uh, well, let's pay each other in not stabbing each other in the back. She slips the ring on her finger and winks at you. <laughs> you are now married. <laughs> I tricked you! <laughs> <laughs> so you guys want to collect the uh, bullywugs to consume? Yes. Wait. You gotta boil them first. I'm thinking. No. They weren't petrified. Well, if we think the issue is the water, does it make sense to like basically make bullywug jerky? It could be carried in the water. I mean, it's like a thing that petrifies you and like fills your body with vegetation. Like Sylvie, uh, is this a? thing that could be like a natural pathogen. It feels very magical or even like divine to Sylvie. I don't know if this is something that we can understand with science necessarily what, what there is of it. Yeah, I'd say of like what you know, like this is definitely, like this would be not a far cry from like one of us coming across it. And Chorley being the expert has no idea. Like this is quite a mind-boggling predicament, right? So then you guys want the bullywogs? We could potentially guarantee that they're safe to eat and they could be a source of meat on stick for the rest of the swamp journey. Yeah, and you're about to end a day and lose a meat on stick. Sylvie plays with the ring you just gave her and says, priests can bless water, can't they? Make it holy? Well, uh, yes, and I can. Obviously, my father taught me those things. I do just want to asterisk and remind you I'm not a priest. Super not a priest. But yes, yes. Priest enough for some... Holy bullywug stew. I identify as priest enough. I like the idea of uh, something looking out for us so we don't end up like this fellow. Uh, you do have to wait for tomorrow. Let me just do some of my uh, rituals and I can get that done. You all start to head back. Uh, it's getting close to night, so you will have to do your first rest here and consume a meat on a stick. However, uh, Jesse, roll me a perception check, please. 13. Okay, and also nature. Nature, woof. That's a five. Didn't expect it to be that low. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. You guys return back to the caravan. I'm sorry, what did you roll for? I rolled a five nature. To do what? What did you ask? 
To do what? He just asked me to roll nature. I don't like that. Okay. You I hope you enjoy that. your life as a rock. <laughs> I, I didn't touch him. I didn't drink anything. We're all going to enjoy it, Jory. Yeah. Okay, you guys head on back and continue on for a little bit. Uh, not that far past the river. Or actually, I'll give you the choice. You can rest at the river, but if you want, if you continue with where the, the light is right now, you're going to be like only dark vision and torchlight. And however far that reaches is how far you can see. Would that save us time? How big a difference would it make? Let's just have it be one or the other. I wouldn't mind a little space from... Bullywug Bay, and also if the water level rises over the night, we just want to have some distance. All right. Uh, the rest, the rest of that way there is relatively uh, safe. You might hear some chitterings and chatterings from the distance. You find at least a bit of level ground that is not completely damp, and probably decide, you know what, this is a decent place to set up camp, and so you do. Um, it is now night. You guys set up camp for the night and the firelight dances in the perimeter around it. The voices and skulking eyes just outside of where that firelight reaches. But for now, you guys feel safe or as safe you can in the Great Swamp. Uh, Food is prepared and the first leg of the journey through the Great Swamp is completed. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Many Merchants of Maloon. You can keep up with the show on Instagram and Twitter at The Realmscast, but Twitter is dying, so we're talking about minimizing our presence there, perhaps for some bluer skies elsewhere. You also might be wondering why I'm doing the outro instead of our GM, Jordan. Uh, Well, Jordan is in a pit. Uh, It's not a joke. Jordan is living in a 15-foot deep dirt pit for the month of August to fundraise for his latest independent film, Bone in the Wind. If you've enjoyed his GMing of Maloon or his antics as Knox, Mateo, Riri, or Leo, check out his live stream and learn more about the project at bit.ly forward slash capital T the dash capital P pit. I've been helping mod the chat and find clips. It's been really fun. It's been a real adventure and we'd love to have you join us. We'll be back next month for some more Swamplications in Maloon. Bye.